Welcome to the latest edition of Black Coffee with Little Sugar. This is Stan. And Jason. And Yvette. Hi, everyone. Um, we're happy to be back to to kind of talk about some things that we started the last podcast. Um, we got a lot of things to cover, but one of the main things we want to do is we want to kind of talk about the, the trial that everybody knows about that's going on right now. We kind of started that conversation the last time, and we want to continue it today. But, you know, it's we're in the middle of 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 basketball time um college basketball season is almost over and this weekend you know it's the final four and the funny thing about this weekend nobody knows it's the damn final four i mean <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, it's all over the place and, and nobody who are these teams again i mean these are teams that have names but not not for your average walk away fan CBS and CBS is hurting because they, they saw Gonzaga, Houston, Michigan, UCLA, UCLA kind of bailed them out a little bit. Cause they got a big following in Michigan, but I don't, I mean, Gonzaga is great, but you know, I don't think people are going to miss a family outing or something <laughs> to watch the games. We'll see. We'll see. No, there's not a traditional powerhouse like a Kentucky or, you know, those, those teams down, you know, they, they wear blue, uh, what are those two teams down Some there? The, the Blue Bloods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those ones. The 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 Duke, and then there's that other team, Duke and Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Those those ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. You mean those teams that didn't make the? They didn't even make the tournament this year. Those two teams that didn't make yeah. the tournament this year. Yeah, just like that other more... team that made it. That that made it and got out put out in the first round. You know that, that's that that's fine. But at least we made it. <laughs> Jason, you're trying to get put out in the family? What's happening? <laughs> oh, don't, even, don't even talk. You just admitted you were an NC State fan when you when you first got there. So don't even. I'm a, I'm a that is very uh, true. Oh, so you want to bust me up? I got this. That's embarrassing that you like NC State. It that's was not embarrassing. We got family ties at NC State. I'm very proud of them. Number 45, Donnie Perkins. Thank you very much. Um, he was awesome there so i yes i carried my family ties to uh the university of north carolina at chapel hill but man once i was in the dean dome it was over <laughs> i mean it i feel like you over. can love you can love your family and still not support the team nah i don't know because <laughs> that was jordan he would he would have been well, okay jordan was gone i was looking forward to jordan being there when i got there and that joker left so I was upset, <laughs> but um, okay, it was well, good, good, good times there. Well, Dean Dome sure. and Roy Williams. That's court, a good right? segue. I mean, I mean, we got to talk about Roy Williams, right? We have to. We got to talk um, about him. This is um, UNC Chapel Hill, and Roy, um, legendary, legendary coach, um, over nine hundred victories. Um, I think he's on the list third of all time in wins. And um, this was a surprise. This was a surprise. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this announcement coming. So it was kind of, what do you do when you, you know, he replaced a legend. Now he's a legend. And um, any thoughts from you guys? Well, man, I thought it was a, um, a April Fool's joke since it came out on April Fool's Day. And I was searching around, searching around. I was like, no, this is really true. And um, one of the things that I have loved about, uh, about about uh, Mr. Williams is is the respect and love that he gets from his players. Uh, they all have often said that he has made them better men, and you know, and that strikes strikes me right at, at the heart because these young men are 
are, are somebody's sons and they're they've left home and it's good to know that there was somebody out there who was looking out for them and loving them and teaching them. And I know that the program will definitely miss Roy Williams for sure. You know, it's very rare. You, you hit it in the head, Stan, that, that a, a legend is, is, you know, followed by another legend, like back to back like that. That's, that's, that's a, a rarity to be coming in to fill the shoes and then to fill them so, so perfectly. And for so long, you know, and, and we grew up in an era where like Bobby Knight was a, was, was a, was a icon, you know, and he was a jerk uh, and, and a bunch of other things. I mean, he graduated as players. So he always got yeah, that because they were scared of him. Well, but I mean, <laughs> hey, some, some, you know, a wise man once told me sometimes it's better to be feared than, than, than loved. So, um, but there's, you know, it, it was amazing. Like you said, to, to watch the players who, who were made better by him, who, reach back to him. Uh, and, and so when you talk about your legacy, you know, not just what you did, but what you leave behind. And, and he left behind a legacy of men who, who are out there doing great things. Yeah. Any, anybody that knows me, anybody that's relatively close to me knows how I feel about UNC Chapel Hill. You know, I, I, I got on the gear right now and um, man, I wasn't ready for that announcement. I shed a few tears that day because it's kind of in your blood, it's in your heart. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's basketball, it's Carolina. And, um, he's going to be missed. I love the style of basketball he played. I love the team oriented style of basketball that is really going away from the NBA. I love how he took all those Dean Smith principles and he had the thought of the day that, that he had to guys go through. They had all kinds of things that they did that were, just things that would make anybody better. And then his, his, the connection of Asheville, I worked in Asheville, Roy was from Asheville. So a lot of my coworkers, they had relationships with him and man, he did a lot of things that people will never know about for a lot of people. And um, that's a good man. And um, we, we can only hope that, that we have some other coaches that, that, that can come up, not just at Carolina, but anywhere, because um, we, we lost a legend. He didn't, he didn't die but we lost a legend and um, it's hard to replace a legend, but that's a good tribute to Roy. Amen to that. It was more than just basketball for sure. And the last thing I'll say, and I'm, I'm sorry, Jason, is I want to promote like anybody doesn't who know, you don't even know what we're talking about. Go to Marcus Page's YouTube um, senior night, Marcus Page. He, he was an amazing player at Carolina back in 2017, 16. And um, his senior night speech is amazing. It tells you everything you need to know about Roy Williams. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's sad to have to downshift from what everything that's right with the NCAA with to every, what everything that's wrong with the NCAA. Hey, we didn't give the NCAA credit for any of that. I understand (laughs) that, but I'm saying what, when you talk about college athletics, Roy Williams is what's right about college athletics and the NCAA as an organization is what's wrong with college athletics. And we, it was on display this week in multiple ways. They're, they're in the middle of, of their antitrust hearing to where players are, are, are coming after them for likeness and, and pay. They're in the middle of the fact that they cannot seem to get out of their own way. And they continue to show the world that they don't care about women athletes. If you weren't paying attention, go back on the, and look, they, 
there's differences in how the weight rooms were built. There's differences in how the food was made. And then this latest one that just cuts stand to the quick is they make a promo video and they left one of the final four teams out. I mean, seriously, Stan, I mean, how, do, how does a, how does a good communication department do that? So here's what I would do. That person would be fired immediately um, because how can you can't do a video with multiple people seeing it, editing it, editing it, writing. And like, so, you know, we were talking earlier, we know that NCAA really sucks and we know they don't care. So of course, all of their A and B level people are, are working in the men's final four, but these aren't even C and D level people. They got all their flunkies working with the women. And that that somebody needs to be fired. I think by now the president needs to be fired. I mean, I, I want you to talk because how does that make you feel as a woman, Yvette? Come on. Well, first of all, just, you know, I will talk about how it makes me feel as a woman, but as a professional person, I mean, this is, this is big time. This is not just like your run of the mill event. This is big time. And how are you going to leave one of the teams out? I mean, I could see if you get a color wrong or, or something, or maybe even the music wrong, but you're going to leave the whole team out. I'm still stuck on the professionalism. I mean, women have gotten a short, short end of the stick for so, so long. I don't, um, I don't think it's right, but honestly, I've come to expect it a little bit and I hate it. Um, but yeah, I'm just really stuck on the professionalism. And this is, this is the NCAA. You, you can do better than that. Whoever was responsible for it, they need to go. Poetic, poetic justice a little bit. You know, their, their final four, the two games were last night. And, you know, UConn is a dynasty. They win all the time. So I don't feel any kind of way that they lost. But I was a little happy that Arizona, the team that got left out, I was happy that they won that game last night to stick it in the face of the NCAA. <laughs> but, you know, it, and and it's not, and I'm going to take it wider than the NCAA because CBS and all of the major networks, they, they, have, they have used the crutch of having ESPN or having TBS or having these other stations to not put women on the forefront. The way the game is played, and, and this is a shout out to my wife who's, who played and coached for a long time, who just cannot watch the men's game a lot because of all of the stuff that's wrong with the technical side of how they play to her. But when you want to watch a pure game that why would we not put that on a, on a, on a prime stage? And, and so to the networks and everybody else, they're just as culpable to this problem as the NCAA is because they're not giving the women their due. So we're going to have a debate about this one day, not today, because I mean, I love, I love to watch some of the women games, but there's a lot of games that I don't love to watch. And so they, they just don't, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but they have a, they have a little number of dominant teams that do exactly what Sarah says, but some of those other teams, Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the men's side has that too. We just don't hear about them because there's so many more. So I get you. We'll have that. We'll let you have that debate with her over a bourbon okay. sometime. Yeah, let's uh, do that. Yeah. Cause if, uh, quite honestly, it's, basketball is not the one I care about the most. I was, I was throwing in football references earlier when we were talking about this and y'all 
picking on nah, me for that. We don't so. want to talk about football. We got plenty of time for football. How about the transfer <laughs> portal, man? Like, so the NCAA, we're not even done with them yet. I mean, anybody that's watching it, if you're just like a casual fan, you might have heard about this. Everybody that follows it has heard about the transfer portal. The transfer portal is relatively new, but it's not a brand new thing. It's been around. Normally a transfer, a kid can transfer. They have to sit out a year unless there's a special clause like the coach left or somebody died in their family. They give some exceptions, but normally you have to sit out a year. Because of COVID, because of what's going on, the NCAA, probably with a good thing in mind, tried to give grace, but they created a monster. They call it, they, it's the transfer portal. And now you don't have to wait out. You can just leave your school for any reason and go to another school if they'll take you. So now 25% of men's college basketball players have entered the transfer portal. That's, that's what the NCAA did. That's just so crazy. It's like they're free agents in, in, in college basketball. It's going to change the whole nature of the game. And, you know, and I've seen this coming for, for quite a long time now, you know, I know that everybody's not going to stay the four years. And I, I realized that, you know, it's a business outside of there, but I mean, this, this is just gonna, um, I don't know. It's just going to change everything. I mean, what do y'all think about that? I mean, here's the only, here's the only caveat I'll give to it. Coaches can do it. Why can't the players? So, so, I mean, it, it, and I know there was always the clause that if the coach did it, then you could do it, but we don't, we keep holding the athletes to a different standard than we hold everybody else. And, and why, I mean, we, this is a whole nother episode to have this debate about what a college athlete is and what, what benefits you're getting from your scholarship and all that stuff. But I, I mean, it's made a mess cause they didn't, they, they didn't plan it out well, but it, is it a mess that's making it more fair for the players to do the same thing the coaches are because it is just a business at the end of the day. So, so Jason, if, if the NCAA wasn't so effed up, see, I'm getting better. <laughs> if the NCAA wasn't a disaster, then they would have thought through exactly what you said and the intent would have been great. Yep. But, but here, here's what really happened now though. So what's going to happen now is because there's 1200, almost 1200 athletes in the transfer portal, all of the freshmen, incoming freshmen, they don't know where to go to school because they yeah. don't know who's going to be on the teams. And other coaches, when they lose a player, they replace that player. And some of these players aren't going to be able to get on a team at all. They had a scholarship and now they're not going to have anything because of this damn transfer portal. And so they really screwed it up. I guarantee it's going to be changed next year, but there's going to be some lives. There's going to be some really upset families because of what just happened. Thank you, NCAA. Our solution is what? It's simple. Fire somebody. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. You just, you just you, we, we know who just got into love and firing people. Let's not even go back there. <laughs> you sound like right now. Oh gosh. Fire, fire the president. Man, not the, oh, yeah. The oh NCAA. my God. Of the NCAA. Of the NCAA. Yeah. Please, please, let's, let's not. Let's not. Oh, you know, man. they've earned it. They've earned it, Jason. Yeah, you know, you know who's who else has earned a lot of a lot of ire and a lot of uh, eyes on them right now is Minneapolis. And you know, here we are in the you know uh, in the midst of the as we record this, we're in the midst of the trial 
of former officer Chauvin for murdering George Floyd. Um, and uh, as a city, uh, you know, I know Stan and I've talked that other trials have been televised, but you know, for, for Minnesota, they, they never did this. So they're doing it live and it's the world is watching. Um, and it's, it's a very strange feeling in the city right now when it comes to people watching, um, people hanging on every word, all of the, all of the idiosyncrasies and all of the institutionalized racist things are being shown bright and shiny for everyone to see. And even the media who usually misses a lot of that is even calling a lot of that out. So I know a lot of folks are hurting. Um, so again, uh, my caveat to everybody is uh, please make sure you're trying to take care of yourself and limit how much you watch because it is, it's a lot to take on. Um, and it's a lot of trauma to bring back up. Too late. Yeah. Too late. Like I, I, I got into it the second day. I can't remember what day I really got into it. And I mean, we all cried when we first saw it, but man, the other day, it was just like all day kind of crying throughout different parts of the day because they just kept repeating it. They kept repeating it. And I know that's a good strategy. That'll help them win. But it is traumatic. It's hard to watch. And um, I feel I feel for the jury. I mean, I don't even say this. This is not a joking way at all. They're going to, every one of them are going to need some therapy after this. I mean, they're living, they're living this thing over every, all day. And every angle of, of, of that. And that, that's going to affect them for probably the rest of their lives. And what a price to pay that they're having to pay now for this dumbass Chauvin. Well, so, I think that, um, yeah, well, I do think that, um, black America, um, as a whole is going to need some therapy, um, at, at the end of, at the end of this thing. Um, because, you know, when you look at it, I mean, either you're feeling, um, one of one of a few emotions, right? Um, you're gonna feel the sadness. Um, you're gonna feel the despair. You're gonna feel the anger, and that's kind of where I've been, you know, as I as I hear the video, right? Because I still haven't brought myself um, enough to watch the whole thing because it just it makes me matter and matter and matter, and it's just like, did they ever? once think that he was a human being. I mean, all of the procedure and stuff aside that police have to go through to um, make sure that they are safe when they're trying to um, uh, restrain someone. But did they ever just think that he was a human being um, during all that time? And it just, it just no, makes me and, sick. And Jason, I'm going to let you go because you need to do the next part. But like... You know, yeah, no, I, they wouldn't even treat. I mean, you go, they'd go to jail for treating a dog like that. Yeah, true. Right. That. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, I mean, it's not any living being. That was just torture. It was the most painful thing we've ever seen. I think you should watch the thing all the way through. I do. I, I really do. Because I think it makes you, it's never, you're never the same after you see that. Like you, we see a lot of things in life, but I can say I've never seen anything like that one. And it's life changing. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to your point about the jury and then to go farther into the witnesses and the, the, what they've been living, um, what they've been, uh, exposed to that day. Uh, and then after that, when the, when the list came out of who the witnesses were going to be, uh, the just evil that was out there that started sending death threats to them. So the white supremacist evil systems of whatever, whoever side they are on, who started actually attacking the witnesses and, and, and scaring them. And these are some of these are children. So so the impact um, we heard it uh, on the on the stand. You know, people people didn't know what to do, and and they're and they're living with guilt that that where could they have done better? Even and the worst part is, I get that. But at the end of the day, it's not their fault. There's one man that's that's ultimately the most responsible. There's three others that are going to have to answer. And and but it's just the pain of these the, these witnesses has been so intense to watch. And then how well they've held up under again technically yes a, a defense attorney is supposed to try to pull apart a story of a, of a witness, but just the overtness of some of the racism and all of these other stereotypes that they're trying to play off has just been been hard. We're going to go through some of these witnesses right now, right? Like, so I want to start off with the guy, you know, who was the, the martial artist. MMA, mixed martial arts. Yeah. And um, he, he was compelling and, you know, he, he's just, thank God for him. Because if we didn't have him, this guy might get off. I mean, that guy, he did everything he could to save George Floyd's life. He did everything he could and nothing moved him. Nothing. They, it, nothing. And it was, it was, it was good seeing him, but it was also painful watching him because you could see all the pain coming back. You could see all the pain coming back and imagine if you have an opportunity to save somebody's life and you can't do it and there's nothing that you can do. What a worse, can you have a worse feeling? And so you guys have any thoughts about this guy? Just a despair that he, um, you know, has got to feel that he did everything that he could possibly do and, and it didn't change a thing. And, um, that's just, just gut-wrenching to me. You know, and it starts with him. And again, you know, he's he's coming up on this as a civilian. And so, okay, the, maybe you, you dismiss him and what he says. But then when a firefighter shows up and says, you should let me help you here, and that gets disregarded, then the EMT shows up, and you won't even take your knee off of him for the EMT to check him. So, so again, and, and it, well, that pain of them and then, and then the system again, I, I got to go back to the system because we're, he's on trial, Chauvin's on trial, but the system needs to be on trial in some ways too. And, and even, and even the legal system of the fact that here's this firefighter, this, this person who tried to help save a man's life, who's in her emotions and get, and gets upset with getting uh, attacked by the defense. And then the judge starts yelling at her, basically, telling her she needs to watch her P's and Q's and mind her place in his court. 
And and just just the fact of that's how that system operates has got to be something we we start looking at because I think that you know this has got to be more than this trial. This has got to do more than just take care of justice for George Floyd. This has to start looking at more because you get the young people that were there. I mean, these, 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 these are babies that had to watch this happen. That, the clerk who, who lives with the fact that if he would have just decided to pay the 20 bucks out of his own pocket to his boss, which we could talk about that whole BS too, but I mean, you know, instead of calling, what are they living with? And then having to relive it, having to watch it over and over again, like you said, Stan, is just, it's been, it's been, it's been a lot. Yeah, that's the part that broke me a little bit, you know, just watching that young baby boy, you know, he's working and his life has changed now because of of a 20 stupid dollar bill. Um, You know, what is that going to do to him? What is this outcome going to do to them? We owe it to our young people. We owe it to our old people. We owe it to ourselves as humanity to do the right thing here. Um, And um, all I can do is remain hopeful that um, we will do the right things. Those two girls, I think one of them was 17 and the other one was nine. I mean, they're walking to go to the store and their whole lives have changed. Mm -hmm. Like everything, everything about them has changed. And just, you know, close your eyes and think about your own babies. A lot of people have kids. Imagine if you're on a walk and all of a sudden your child witnessed that. What What do you do as a parent? How do you help? How do you help them overcome that? And the, fact that they need, t- yeah. and the fact they need a security detail right now. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that, that because, because of threats that have come through and now their parents have to figure out how to protect them when they're trying to just be kids. It, it, that on top of everything else, it, it, it makes this disgusting. It makes it, it makes it awful to watch. And so don't, you know, and I don't want to hear from folks who, well, they can't understand everything. You can understand that that's awful. You know, if you don't, if you, if you've never lived, have a lived experience about the, you know, that's anywhere near this, just think of that. Like, like Stan said, think about what that would be like for a nine year, year old to have to have a security detail because people want to hurt her because she's going to speak the truth. The mm-hmm. truth that we all watched on a video. It's not like this is somebody's making this up. It, you can watch it yourself. There's no, there's no, there's no problem. There's no, there's no way to debunk what she's saying. She just watched what we watched. Mm-hmm. So, so to, to come after her just gets me a little bit uh, fired up. But yeah. so, so just to kind of set everybody, you know, every, everybody's watching. So I don't need to set too much. But you know, whenever this comes out, we just want to make sure we're at the the end of the first week, and um, so we've got a monster witness coming up kind of historic witness coming up at the start of next week. Um, they're going to bring on the police chief. How, how badass is that? I mean, I don't know. We, we, we don't know who's going to win, but that's awesome. Isn't it? That's amazing. Cause you know, blue don't normally, you know, testify against their own as far as I know. Um, so for the person who's responsible for everything, everyone uh, for him to come up there, I, that's unheard of. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something else because the person that hired you, the person that's ultimately responsible for you being in the force is saying, no, not in my department, not in my city. 
And so we'll see what happens, Jason. I know you probably have thoughts about this from your past. <laughs> you know, and and Chief Redondo is a great a great guy. I mean, we know we both we Stan and I both have met him and, and spent time working with him. And so I'm not surprised by this. It's in his character to step up. Um, the the lead homicide detective, another guy that I've, I've crossed paths with. So again, him testifying and and being honest. Um, those are great signs for me. Those are great signs that we're we're looking at a, at a change. We're looking at a at a way that we're not just um, gonna gonna put this as a one off, but a but a movement. Um, but I do have pause because it's really easy to throw Shelvin under the bus and say he's the evil. And once we get rid of him, we're fine. So I hope that the signal though is because they're willing to step up and, and call out what's wrong. And we talked about this a little bit in the beginning about anybody who's ever been trained in force knows just from jump, if you leave someone handcuffed, laying on their belly, it's going to be hard to breathe. And then you throw three human beings on top of that person. And I don't give a what you say about internal drugs or heart defects or anything else. You cannot. Okay. You cannot tell me all of that crap because you know that if three people sit on the on someone who's on their face, they can't breathe. It's harder for them. And then you put your knee on his neck and you hold it there for over nine minutes. I can't. But that whole but we got to keep pulling it back out to the whole system. And that's why I'm really glad that he's testifying, because I'm hoping that it's about a true change in how we do this work and a true change in how we work with our communities. Because if not, I. I I don't know. I don't know what happens if if the unthinkable happens and the jury doesn't see what what a lot of us are seeing, because I don't know how you fix it, that if this doesn't if this isn't the moment that we start to fix it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 these are, and we're people who've watched Rodney King, we're people who've watched uh, countless things that we all called out and were able to say were wrong. And, and this has got to be the moment. This is the moment. I mean, this is. This is not a typical trial. This is the trial. And this is a test of our system. And they better get it right. And we know, you know, all the studies show, I covered court for a few years, that that, that jury makes a decision a lot of times in the opening arguments, definitely the first day. So I think on this case, with all the evidence, the jury kind of probably knows what they want to do. And, and I'm wondering how on either side are you going to sway anybody at this point? And quite frankly, for the first time in probably history, video might be able to convict this guy. What do you think about that event? And then we're going to wrap soon. Like I say, you know, they said, uh, you know, a picture is worth, you know, so many different like numbers of words. Right. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't an edited video. I mean, you, it was there out there for you to see just in, in living, in living color. So I'm just prayerful that folks will do the right thing because I'm just, I'm afraid I will go out there and say, I'm afraid that, um, I'm just afraid that if they don't do the right thing, that it's going to be something that I just can't even explain, you know, I don't even have words for it. Um, yeah, I'll probably be out there if they don't do the right thing. Like <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been out on a protest, but damn folks, if, 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 
if this doesn't work out, what 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 else can we do? Jason, what do you think? Is this overwhelming evidence? What what do you think? What what do you think the future holds? You know, I, it, you're right. I mean, I'll be right there with you because this is this has got to be the moment. This is the, the, we can't all be told we didn't see what we saw. I think the bigger question then starts to become, you know, what what is the punishment, and then what about the other three? And and our our, our state attorney general is going to have a have an interesting challenge on his hands because I think even as soon as the the prosecution rests, there's going to be talk about people wanting to plea and get out from under this because of how overwhelming this is. And the other three, you know damn well, if the, if the right thing is done and he's convicted, the other three are going to be running up to try to sign some kind of plea deal. And it probably should because the fact that, that putting everyone through another trial would be just horrific. But that's going to be a challenge too because how do you then make sure justice is actually served? What does justice actually look like? The conviction, that's a start, but that's not enough because yeah. – Especially here in Minneapolis, we know we've got a we got a, a former cop sitting in jail. What was 12, 13 years for shooting a, an unarmed white woman? So you come back with this, and that, uh, he doesn't get more than that. It's still going to be just another shell game we're playing. And but so, it's still just another shell game that we're playing. You know, I'm not trying to draw it out because my thing is, is even if he goes to jail, it's like snipping off a um, like a just a little shoot of the plant it's not getting to the root of the problem and w- once we can get to the root of the problem then we can we can really see things um change um but putting him in jail that's just not going to be the censure it's not um we got to we got to change the system um and you know I you know, I didn't mean it to, to interrupt you too much but Jay but you know just like Cornell West I know everybody isn't a a, a fan of Dr Cornell West, but he said something that really struck me when he was um, talking to Don Lemon on his show. He said, y'all, y'all can't continue to kill us like this. And um, with tears in his eyes and tears in Don Lemon's eyes, they just kept repeating it. You can't continue to kill us like this. And um, the world needs to take yeah. note that you can't continue to k- keep killing us like this. Yeah, Amen that's, to that. that's well said. I, I just, you know, Cornell West, I, I'll let it go. But maybe in a, future po- in a future podcast, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, Cornell West and Tavis Smiley and their willingness to take shots at the first black president and the silence okay. of the of, of, of Trump. But anyway, that's I was episode. talking about this right here. But, you're, but sister, you're right. You, this is this is the moment where we got to get we got to we got to prune the plant and then we got to get down to the root. So first he's, we, we, first we take care of this and then we go after the root cause because everyone is, everyone, it's, it's, it's still too easy for folks to point to the bad apple because that argument, I hate that argument because that, that bad apple argument gives everybody else a pass for all the stuff they do. So, we, so th- let's get this bad apple out and then really figure out what's rotten in that tree. Absolutely. And I know my brother's trying to wrap this up, but today is his birthday. Oh, so we wanted to make sure that we said Aww. happy birthday to the baby brother today. Um, I love you and I'm so proud of you. All the things that you're trying to do to make this world a better place. And um, I just want to make sure that we got that on air before you try to wrap it up. We'll we'll save we'll we'll spare our listeners from listening here and sing happy birthday. But yeah, brother, I love you. Happy birthday! <laughs> oh, I glad, could do it. Glad to have you, on. you could you, you could and well, yes. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. That was beautiful. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Well, uh, nothing else needs to be said there. Take care, y'all. Next time. Bye. Bye.